Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko. Uh, just the podcast where we talk with coffee lovers, coffee passionate, coffee professionals and more. Uh, today we're going all the way to Puerto Rico. So very excited to share this virtual journey with you. And uh, if you're new, just um, welcome and feel free to take a screenshot and share this uh, podcast with people who would love to hear uh, more and more about it. And uh, we actually have up there in the house and uh, we're going to have a chit chat with him. Hello. Hello. How are you, brother? Good, and you? Good, good. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming here. I know you're a super busy man, and uh, I really appreciate your time and your, you know, just uh, making the effort to be here. Uh, so, yeah, thank you very much, man. And uh, how are you and your family doing in this crazy situation? We are doing actually good. Uh, thank you for also for inviting me uh, to be part of this. I was... You know, I saw all you, your guests, and all of them are people that I follow, that I, you know, most of them are my, um, like, from mentors from a distance, you know, I, there's a lot of people that I follow, and I'm pretty excited to be being part of this, and my family and, I, and me, we're doing very good, you know, in, the, in, in this situation, like, we, we have a business, we have a coffee shop. And it's been pretty hard, but we are doing, you know, we are working hard and, and fighting, I don't know, every day to be, uh, I don't know, as good as we can. Well, yeah, and I think it's just a very particular situation and nobody was prepared for it. No, no. And, no, um, and sorry. Yeah. No, no, now, when you have a business, you think that something like I, there's something on my mind when I was new in this that something is going to happen today. Like I, you go day by day trying to survive that day. Probably the power is going off, the coffee is not going to come, stuff like that. But you never you never think about something like this. You know, like closing for so many months and customers not coming because you know they are in in, you know, in their homes. So. It's been something new, but we are going through. And that, that's, that's the right spirit. And Abner, um, just to give some context to the audience, uh, could you kindly tell us a bit your amazing story and how did you start into coffee? Yeah, I started in coffee 10 years ago, and I was an English teacher in the Department of Education of Puerto Rico. And my wife was a history teacher at that time, too. She's in coffee now too. And I used to go to coffee shops and I, you know, I was attracted by the cool job behind the bar and, you know, like uh, the lot there are and also the coffee because I used to drink. I, when I met my wife, most of our days were in coffee shops or drinking coffee. So I was always interested in coffee. So in 2010, I was a teacher, like I said, and you know, teachers have their the summers off. So we have a vacation and we, most of the time we don't do anything, just um, we are free. 
So I was a regular in this coffee shop in our neighborhood, and I asked, asked the owner if he could give me a job, like doing dishes or whatever, because I wanted to be a part of this uh, culture in coffee. And he said, yeah, yeah, come, like, have a job. And I didn't know anything about coffee, you know, like making coffee. And I've, every day I would ask the other bar the baristas, how, would I, how could I do this? Or how can I prepare espresso? And they would tell me every day some details about coffee. So I remember that every day I would make a, only one coffee. And it was my coffee. So when I was in school the whole day, I would only think about doing that coffee in the afternoon because I was working from eight to three in the school. And then I would go to the coffee shop in the afternoons. And I was like improving little by little, but it took forever to get better. And in 2013, so I was already working as a barista two years. I competed and I was part-time. I was full-time um, teacher and a part-time barista. So I competed in the Puerto Rican Latin lateral championship and I won. And that's when I said, I want to do this full-time. I want, I, then I left the teaching job to be a barista full-time because I found a passion in, in coffee and, and customer service and and being in a coffee shop. I love being in coffee shops. So when I won the, last, the national comp competition, we went, we went to Melbourne, Australia to compete. And then the next year I competed again and I won again in Puerto Rico. So that year in 2014, we went to Sweden, to Gothenburg to compete. And when I started to travel, I started to see uh, the barista profession as a profession. Because in Puerto Rico, and most of the, of the places that I've been, uh, barista profession is just like a, a part-time job for a young guy or girl that he's working in, in just during the college time. So it's just like something that you don't see working for forever. But I decided to, you know, that's, this is what I like. So I, this is what I'm going to do forever, I think. That, that's such an inspiring story, and thank you for sharing it. And basically, it's funny how you went from teacher to student on yeah. that part-time yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was it really attracting you about, you know, you said that it was, like, cool, and it's like, you know, you really wanted to, be part of that sort of job or community or industry, um, which is super interesting. And uh, what was the main attraction, I suppose? I think it was people. You know, I'm an introvert, so I, it's not hard anymore. It's, it's still hard, but it was harder at that time to meet people, to talk to people, to chit chat, to whatever. And when I started going to coffee shops and I, see this, I saw the same people every day, so it was like, some, it helped me to, to be more, not extrovert, but to be, to be more open, to have conversations, to meet new people, to, I don't know, to, yeah. So it was a place for, a safe place for me. So I wanted to be part of that. So that's what I like about, I still work in, in my coffee shop. I, we have seven, eight employees, and I still want to go there every day to see people, to, that's my 
extrovert time, you know? And that's, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry to catch you. Um, no. Yeah, it's, 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 it's super interesting because I think that it opens up um, the perspective for people who are more or less introverted, you know, because there's nothing wrong about it. It's more about you don't have to be this super talkative, extroverted guy necessarily. Like you said, you know, you, you still need to communicate, but you were able still to learn and make sure that you have enough uh, contact with your customers and that's that's really nice it's just you almost it almost became part of you which is yeah super nice and uh, speaking of cafe co um communion uh communion um, um what what values and ideas went behind uh, this cafe so me when i when i started uh, thinking about the idea of having a coffee shop, it was many years ago, but I didn't want to open it until I knew not everything, but I, that I, I had enough experience. And so I wanted to bring something to Puerto Rico that it, I, I don't, not something new, but something that I saw around the world. So a place that was focused on customer service, you know, hospitality, a place that was focused on consistency, a place that we will respect our customers, that is, it, it would not be a place for snob baristas or people that I know more than you. It's a place for people to get something good every day and to feel better after they left their coffee shop. I wanted to make a place, like a, a cliche, but a third place for people that whenever they come after, you know, lunch or during the coffee break, they will disconnect from their jobs or their, I don't know, the problems or whatever is happening in their minds and they will feel welcome. And I wanted to create a whole concept based on making people feel better when they are in, in communion and also when they leave. And my, me and my wife decided to travel to be in Portland in Oregon, because it's one of the most, one of the best cities for me in the whole world, and especially for coffee. So we went over there, and they are very focused on details, on serving. We don't have to serve a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, stuff on our menu, but the little stuff that we have is the best stuff that we you're gonna uh, get, and it's gonna be good consistently. So Comunión is more focused because in Puerto Rico. Uh, when we opened Comunión, coffee shops were more focused on like fast pace, uh, chain, like, and and customers were always in a hurry. Like, oh, I need my coffee now. And I have the same cost, some of the customers that we had in the other coffee shop, yeah, because it's kind of close. And they come in a different, um, how do you say? They come differently. They They just, they are. They can wait more. And when I went up, when I started Comunion, I would say customers when they had to wait like seven minutes or eight minutes for a coffee. Oh, coffee is coming. No, no, I'm okay. So it's a, it was something for me, new for me in Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico is more like like in the East Coast in in the United States, it's more fast, fast. So uh, for me, it's a place to be to feel good. I don't know. Uh, 
No, I think I think you you touch such beautiful elements of it because I think I think we often forget. You know, it's uh, it's uh, you know I I I know a little bit of Spanish, so the word communion makes a lot of sense to it. Um, but you know, for the for people who don't, I mean, it's just the, the getting together element of coffee is really what it's all about. Uh, I know that we put a lot of emphasis on quality on uh, service but the core what makes a coffee shop is you know the people yeah. serving and the people being served and it's just all uh, getting together and uh, it, it's super interesting because i'm very privileged to be able to do in this little podcast with people from all over the world and hear different coaches because i, I never traveled to puerto rico you know like uh, i've heard of it i've seen it movies uh, google but <laughs> I never been there, so it's it's almost like a chance for me to sort of travel, virtually speaking, and ask you know locals to to sort of tell us how it is. So basically, you were saying how before uh, your shop it was all about fast pace. And so how how was the first impact of you bringing specialty coffee to Puerto Rico from you know a local point of view? The question, are you there? Or? Yeah, I'm here. I'm still here. Yeah, I think it's yeah, well, getting better. Yeah. All right. What was the question? Oh, sorry. The with Puerto Rican coffee. And they are very jealous, like, oh, this is the best coffee in the world. So we brought coffee from other places of the world. So we, sometimes we have Puerto Rican coffee, but also we have another grinder with um, coffee. We have, we serve Onyx, we serve Olympia coffee, some other roasted from the US. And we just didn't want to sound like, oh, this is the best coffee ever. We just wanted to be ourselves and make people feel welcome. And this is the coffee that we serve. Ah, what, what? And then they, I would ask questions about why this coffee, what, and, but I think they got it. They got what we were doing. So we tried not to be pretentious about, because when I, when I, I go to a lot of coffee shops that I follow, that I buy the coffee online, and then they, I go to their shops, and it's, it's a very bad experience. Like, they, it's usually people are very snob. Like, they preach you like, you don't know about coffee, I know about coffee, get this coffee, or this coffee is too good for you. And I hate that kind of environment. So I didn't want to bring this to, you know, my, to my island. I just wanted to be, you know, I love coffee and trust me, this coffee is going to be good. And if you don't like it, I'm going to try and find a way to make it, you know, suitable for you. So people got it, you know, and we are so happy that, that people come every day. Absolutely. And, um, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. And I will, we'll, unpack that for, for a little bit. Uh, Michael Hunt is asking, if do you use French press? 
In Puerto Rico, a lot of Puerto Ricans use French press. It's very easy to get, but we don't use it at the shop. But it's something very pretty common. Also, the mocha pot and automatic machines. But there's a lot of customers buying espresso machines. But yeah, French presses are very common in Puerto Rico. And he asked if you got any tips for how to make a good French press. So I was watching um, James Hoffman doing a French press, and he was doing something like making it less with less body, like, uh, and I haven't used it in, in a while, but he was trying to do, instead of uh, grinding um, coarse, like trying to grind in finer and taking um, the, the, the coffee with a spoon. But I will watch James Hoffman video about uh, doing French presses. Same, yeah. I will Google, I mean, go to YouTube and watch all the videos from James Hoffman. He's, uh, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's one of the best online. Yeah. And yeah, for sure, for sure. And yeah, I, I haven't, I don't have a French press, so no? I don't, yeah. So I, I yeah, I, I second you on that one. Yeah, James <laughs> Hoffman has some good videos. <laughs> um, yeah. Michael, he's, his name is James Hoffman. I'll, I'll punch him here, James. Hoffman. Just YouTuber, and uh, yeah, let let me know later what you think, because uh, you're gonna find lots of good videos. Um, and Abner, something that you touched base um, earlier on is how in uh, Puerto Rico and other countries, I can I can relate to that, uh, even in Italy, becoming a barista is not a profession, and. It's funny how you left teaching for uh, becoming a barista because my mom is a teacher, so it, it, I can really, really relate. You know, it's just like it, my mom was always about study, 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 study. Um, but then, luckily, uh, you know, she always uh, taught me, you know, do what makes you happy, which is, seems sort of what happened to you, which you were like, well, making coffee makes me happy. I'm yeah. gonna pursue that, which is fantastic. So what sort of advice do you have for people who may be living in a country where becoming a barista is not necessarily seen as a profession uh, with your experience? Because, I mean, Melbourne, we are very lucky because being a barista in Melbourne, it, it, it's considered a profession pretty much. Uh, you, can, you can really have a full-time job. Um, but in other part of the country, in the world, we're not, you know, it's not like that. So what's your word of advice? I think that it's about um, being consistent with what you are doing um, and planning ahead. You know, like it's not when you decide to stop being a, a teacher like me and being a barista, you have to think about in, in the future, what's your plan? So my plan was to open a coffee shop, but it, it was not to open a coffee shop now. It was, it was to, to open a coffee shop maybe five, six years when I got enough experience. But I had to plan, you know, plan ahead and not just live day by day. I had to talk to my wife and decide, if I'm, and I said, I'm gonna stop being a teacher. And I was, you know, the provider, not provider, but I was, 50-50 and a provider of, of an income to our home, so I was going to earn less being a barista. 
So I have to start uh, spending less and adjusting our budget for a while. But I did that when I was in my late 20s. So I was like getting into my serious crisis, like uh, what, it's go what I'm going to do with my life, what I'm going to do in the future. So it was for me, it was like it was a, the right time that I decided to do this. So I will um, advise to to plan in the, you know, what you want to do with the profession. Do you just want to be a barista or do you want to have a career in coffee? So if, if you decide to have a career in coffee, I will get mentors, like people that I know and I don't, I don't know. For example, James Hoffman, I, I have seen him a couple of times in NCA, but I don't know him. But it was, for me, he's a mentor because even if I don't know him, I follow whatever he says. I read everything that he does. I get his books. Also, um, Anthony Bourdain, for me, he's not in coffee, but I relate to him. You know, I, I like what he wrote about. I like what he talks about. And I will follow people like that. So I will try to be more day by day, more like them. So once you continue that path, it's just going to happen, you know, in the future. So doors are going to open and people are going to take you more seriously. And especially if you want to open your own shop, it's going to take time because if you want to have an investor, if you want to have a loan, you have to create a career. And because you have to prove those people with money that you know what you are talking about. It's not just something, a hobby, and you have to prove them that they're going to ask you a lot of questions. So you have to, um, I don't know, know your stuff. Yeah, and, and I think I think you're, you're hitting the nail on that one, especially when it comes to understand what your sub-passion is in the sense of like, okay, you you see that coffee is what you want to do, but there's so many little, you know, yeah. so many different roads on it. You, you know, some people want to compete. Some people want to become businessmen and they want to open up a hundred stores and the chains. Um, other people, they just want to be a roaster. Uh, they want to become bloggers or photographers or, you know, and James often is a good example actually, because I met him only once, but he does videos on YouTube. And he loves it. Like you can really tell that he loves taking videos on YouTube, despite also having an amazing career and business. But that's his passion. Like yeah. I, I highly doubt that he would be taking YouTube videos if he didn't like it. So I'm not saying he's a YouTuber, but if you say, you know, if you had to print James Hoffman business card, it would be coffee businessman. And YouTuber, um, yeah. so I think it's important to analyze and understand, like you said, plan uh, what you like. And the only way to do so is to start from rock bottom and make your way up. So you have to learn each step all the way. So, like you yeah. said, you're like, well, I don't mind if I start doing dishes, and the only coffee I'm gonna make is my own at the start and at the end of the shift. Which I think it's the part that underlines uh, the patience element. Uh, it, most people they're impatient. They walk in. It's like I want to become a barista. Teach me. Well, 
we need to start from washing dishes and learn yeah. where things go and how the shop works and the toast and the, you know, all the little things. Um, yeah, so I appreciate what you said. I think it's uh, definitely, um, definitely interesting. And, uh, yeah, because, I, sorry, uh, no, when we started coffee, most of us didn't, we, we didn't say when we were little, I want to be a barista. We didn't say when they ask us in school, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a barista. No, nobody said that. We, most of us studied something else. Like you said, photographers or graphic designers or whatever. So we need to bring all of those professions to the coffee because it's not just being a barista and not just being a roaster. It's bringing all those qualities and talents that you have to the coffee industry so make, you can make it better, you know? And also you can mix your passions because if you are a photographer, then you can mix coffee and photography. Uh, yeah, that's the way. If in yeah. The time, uh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. No, no, no. I, I, I get you. And I think it's super important for sure. Um, and we have a, a beautiful sentence here by Manuel. Um, Relationship in coffee industry is the key for a successful career in the coffee industry, which is just true. Yeah. It's like you mentioned having a mentor and having networks. So I think it's important to go to events. It's important to connect with the online community. It's important to reach out. I mean, the way that we got to meet uh, today for the first time is just simply through Instagram, and it took yeah. 35 seconds messaging you, hey, um, I'm doing a podcast. Would you like to be part of it? Um, ciao. Like, and connecting with those mentors has never been easier. Um, and I think, you know, people might be scared of the rejection or might be scared of, you know, someone might not get back to me or uh, I'm scared of they're going to say no or who am I to message this guy or this lady. Reality is it doesn't matter. You just do it. Yeah. You'd be people, surprised. Yeah, some people are going to ignore you. Some people I have wrote, um, because I also have a podcast, so I have wrote, written to some other people, some people that ah, you want to be part of the podcast and they see or they don't see it, but I don't care. It's just about, you know, it's, it's creating connections. And some people, it's like in real life, you're not going to be friends with everybody, but you're going to find people that are going to motivate you because the coffee industry, is, and especially the coffee industry, is a small industry, it's a small group. So we create these connections, and now it's way easier, like you said, on Instagram. And when you go to the SEA or whatever, now that we are having these meetings online. It's, it's a good motivation for us to continue and to continue to grow in the industry. 100%, 100%, I appreciate what you said. And uh, Abner, um, we, we reached the halfway mark of the, of the podcast and usually we just ask a ritual question, so the out of the box question. Um, yeah. If you could, who would you like to have dinner with? And it can be Anyone doesn't have to be coffee. It can be coffee. Anyone is that's your guest. Like uh, I will have dinner. Like he's not alive, but I like Anthony Bourdain a lot. So and I remember when he the last time he came to Puerto Rico. I'm sorry about this story, but I Please. live yeah I, I live in San Jose in a neighborhood with a lot of bars. So I saw someone that post that Anthony Bourdain was in a bar. And like maybe five minutes walking from <laughs> from my home, and I 
just left without saying goodbye to my wife and I left running because I want to see, I, I, I know that I will not talk to him because I, I, it's, I didn't even want to just be a fan or whatever, but I just wanted to be close to him. And he wasn't there when I, when I got there, but I want to, I would want to sit with him and talk to him because he was also into punk rock and he was, uh, I know he was also an introvert the way that he behaved with people, but you could feel that he had a passion for people and a passion for, for what he did. And also I will sit with Ian McKay. He's a, uh, hardcore punk singer from a band called Minor Threat. So he, he's been a very uh, big influence for a lot of people, including me. Okay, yeah. thank you. No, it's, it's fantastic. It's a little, little breakthrough uh, question. And uh, yeah, I think uh, there are those people that we just, they seem so unreachable and they seem so far away from us. But, you know, I think that, I mean, obviously, Anthony Bourdain, may he rest in peace, obviously, is not as long with us. But sometimes it would be, it will surprise you the things that you can do in order to meet the people that you believe, you know, they are really your heroes and influential. Um, yeah. And uh, nobody is that far. Um, like, I, I, re I, re I really believe that. Like, um, I've, or I've, for instance, on the podcast, uh, one of the guests that came here a couple of weeks ago, he interviewed twice one of my heroes, which yeah. is fantastic. It's like, it's like you're almost there, like it's it's that close, which is super interesting. How yeah. it's just, I don't know. Sometimes we pull our own limits on it, and uh, yeah. and you're a great example that there is not much limits because you're all the way in Puerto Rico on an island. You were a teacher. Life was sorted, and you're like, "Wham! I'm just gonna do latte art. I think it's cool, and I think it's gonna represent me uh, more." And there's nothing wrong about teaching. It was more like your call was coffee and people. Ironically, as more, uh, like you say, a, a little bit more introverted, which is it's super interesting. I'm still quite processing that. It, it really interests me. Um, now, um, going back to where we were, like in terms of competing, um, where are you at with competition? I know obviously you know you have business, you have family, uh, but what's your you know, plan around competition moving forward. Moving forward, I I think I stopped competing. I'm in. I've been a judge in the last competitions in Puerto Rico, in especially in that area. And you know, I every time I'm I'm in the stage, being a judge or whatever, I I try. You know, I have the desire to compete again because I like the adrenaline and. and being in that situation of presenting to judges and being in front of people and doing what I love. But in Puerto Rico, there are, uh, there's a lack of competitions. And right now, we only have the Latin one and the coffee in good spirit. And they were, they were gonna do the barista competition this year, but they found, um, the COVID happened and it didn't happen. So, but in the future, 
Also, I would like to try to compete in the United States because, you know, we are we are a colony of there. Maybe probably there's a loophole that Puerto Ricans can compete <laughs> being from Puerto Rico. So I was thinking about doing something like uh, Brewers or something like that. Cool. I think it, I think it would be really cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see that. And, and now that I just mentioned your family, um, you know, you have a business with eight employees and you have, you know, decisions to make and you're busy um, and, you know, your your wife's also in the industry, which is, you know, uh, inc incredible. Um, but how do you manage the balance between work and family? Because having a young family is not really, you know, it's not easy. I think I lost you for a little bit, but I think I got you back. It, it's me or? I'm sorry. No, no we, we're good. You, okay. You're good to okay. go. Um, I'm not sure if you missed, but I was just asking, um, uh, how do you manage the balance between uh, business, work, uh, and family? Having a young family, it's not necessarily easy. Uh, it's been hard, but it's, it's been doable because we live a block from uh, the shop. So... I open every day and I, it's maybe like one minute walk to the shop. So Carla also, she's not full time in there because she, she also works for uh, Sustainable Harvest, a company from Portland, Oregon. And she works online and she goes like once or twice to the shop to help or to see what's going on. And maybe in, at noon, I come to to the to our apartment and I help with the baby, and then I go back. So I I, I live very close. So it's hard, but it's doable for us. I don't have to drive, and then I come back home and drive again. So it's not a very issue uh, situation, but for us, it's really it's a nice experience. Okay. No, that's 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 good. So I think. Uh... It's um, it's something that maybe sometimes people, you know, they see that as an obstacle because obviously the barista job uh, usually it involves many hours and a lot of yeah. work. But you also, you know, it's like I think I think it also gives flexibility in some countries when it comes to time to work because usually you start earlier and you finish earlier in yeah. certain countries, not every country. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's not, yeah like, no. it's not like a bartender. A bartender they have to be the whole night and it's really hard for them, I, I think. But Carla and I are in the same industry, so it helps that we talk about coffee all the time. So whenever we are off on vacation, we still keep talking about coffee and it helps you to keep you like learning every day and, and being active in, in the industry. And who, and who brews who brews at home? I, I am the one. I, I, get my first coffee at the shop. And then the one that I get in the afternoon is in, at home. So most of the time, and I put, brew a little bit for her, but in the morning she brews her own coffee. We have our, our, our own settings. She has her coffee bar and I have my coffee bar. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> she's very she's very jealous with her stuff. <laughs> well, f fair enough. Uh, we don't want to touch the stuff for sure. And then, and earlier. <laughs> And earlier you mentioned that you're serving Onyx coffee and other roasters um, yeah. in the shop. Um, would, would, is roasting anything of your interest down the track? Is that something that you kind of, that's, you know, a milestone to start roasting your own coffee? Yeah, it's, it's one of our plans. But we haven't talked about it yet because every year there's something going on in Puerto Rico and now it's something going on in the world, you know, like we stopped just, we stopped thinking about roasting and we are just uh, flowing with being a multi-roaster. But right now we just focus on being, a, uh, having different co um, coffees and, and roasters. But in Puerto Rico, there's a situation that you cannot import green coffee. You have to just use the green coffee from Puerto Rico. So we don't have enough coffee to supply the demand of all the Puerto Ricans. So the only company or the only uh, the only one of that uh, the only can that can bring coffee to Puerto Rico, the green coffee, is the government. So you as a company cannot bring green coffee. So for roasters, it's very hard. You have to fight and try to find the little coffee that you, that coffee farmers are producing. I'm talking about specialty coffee. So it's very hard for roasting here, Jet. Wow, that, that's really interesting. I, didn't, I, I had absolutely zero idea. I mean, I know that for some countries it's easier or harder, but I didn't know that it's pretty much virtually impossible for, for you yeah, to actually impossible because We, we don't have enough people to pick the coffee. And we the, everybody in Puerto Rico drink coffee. So, you know, uh, but we don't have enough Puerto Rican coffee. So the government has to buy coffee from other places, from Mexico, from Colombia. They do auctions every year to buy coffee from different countries and to supply the demand. So they bring this green coffee, but it's not just green. It's semi-roasted coffee. So for example, if Mexico won the auction this year, they're gonna supply the demand of coffee in Puerto Rico. But, uh, they have to semi-roast the coffee in Mexico and then bring that semi-roasted coffee to Puerto Rico to prevent uh, plagues or whatever that's gonna happen to, to Puerto Rican coffee. So the coffee that we buy from other countries is not, it's just coffee that they don't, they don't want. So it's, it's just coffee for, for supermarkets or, you know, commodity coffee. Which, so which makes it hard for you because obviously importing roasted coffee is not necessarily the most uh, financially speaking advantageous um, yeah. because obviously you got to pay for a big shipping uh, coming yeah, through. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so that's what they do. So there's small farms doing specialty coffee, doing pretty good coffee, but with all the hurricanes and all the droughts um, and stuff that happens every year, they don't have enough coffee to supply. So they they sell, they make more money selling the coffee to people in the United States, like selling um, bags, winter bags, 
And if you want to sell good coffee, you don't have a lot of options. So that's mm. why we decided to buy, you know, to be, to, to get Onyx and other grocers. Which is, which is also very nice. I mean, financially speaking, might be challenging, but it's also very nice to concept around it because I'm a big fan and I really believe on connecting people with coffee from all over the world. And we do it with wine, right? It's like we all have an Italian or French wine for the sake of the exercise, but in Australia or in America. And I think with coffee, even though the margins are much lower, but it can still be done and you're a proof of that. You know, I think mm. we can really share the coffee from certain cities with everyone in the world. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, definitely interesting concept that you have in Puerto Rico. And I really appreciate that. Um, hmm. um, and speaking of Puerto Rico, uh, what's, um, what, so you grew up and uh, with your family or, you know, your, you know, grandmas or abuelitas or what, what, what coffee, what coffee and abuelita in Puerto Rico makes at home usually? But my, my, my grandma makes, uh, most of the brands are very traditional, Yacono, Cafe Rico. So your grandma will stick with only one brand. That's the only brand that she's going to buy for the rest of her life. And she's going to say that that's the best coffee ever. And she's the best doing coffee and you have to trust her you know they have to say yeah grandma abuela you are the best one and but and but um having coffee with my family is also a, a great experience and also that i wanted to have in the shop you know like sitting because every time you would go to your grandma's house everybody was in there and everybody will be part of the ritual of drinking coffee so my grandma will make coffee in Aoya. And she will make coffee in, you know, in the uh, stove. I, I forgot the name of it. And she will make, put sugar and she will put the milk. So everybody will have the same coffee. So he, I say, oh, I like the coffee black. No, you have this one. <laughs> or I, I, I don't like, I don't want sugar. No, everybody, you, you, you don't have an opinion in, with the coffee with your abuela. What is probably the abuela, you know? So everybody was having the same amount of coffee and everybody was having the same sugar. So, but it was a great time, you know? And it's still a great time because every time you go to my Aguera's uh, house, it's the same experience. So, and she was the only one that would make coffee. And, but most of them use the mocha pot or also the automatic machine. Okay. That, yeah, right. That, that was, that was, yeah, it's, it's interesting because like, I, I, I will never or very unlikely experience that myself. So it's interesting that if I have to imagine walking into, you know, Puerto Rico house, what coffee I should expect. And yeah, I mean, yeah. AJ, AJ, our barista said also the coffee sock. Uh, so yeah. I'm assuming, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. And obviously, yeah, you can't say no to, grandma uh, yeah. so you take it with sugar you take it with milk you take it yeah. as as it comes <laughs> um no that's that's cool man and um do you have also an offering for more traditional puerto rican coffee in the shop yeah most of uh, uh, like 50 percent of the customers they ask for a cafe con leche 
So okay. we just say, we don't say, we, we don't, you say it's a latte. So, and a lot of people use sugar, but uh, it's just a, uh, it's just a, they just ask cafe por leche, con leche, and we just uh, make a latte and they are happy with it. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how would, how would, how would traditionally speaking, uh, would uh, Kama uh, cafe con leche? Like, what, what do you mean? Because is it, is, it, is it actually like a latte or yeah, in, no, in the original no. coffee shop comes differently? Café con leche is just like drip coffee with, um, with milk. But uh, for people in Puerto Rico, espresso is just it's something new. So they also think that espresso is café con leche. So some, some people from, you know, like ordering the house, think that if they order an espresso, they're having a cafe con leche. So when I see somebody like hesitating, like, oh, I want an espresso. I say, oh, do you want with milk or, and they don't get offended with the question. If you ask a young guy, oh, no, 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 espresso is just supposed to be without milk. But people like order the us in Puerto Rico, if they order an espresso, because they, they're, they're used to going to cafeteria and having espresso on the board and it's a cafe con leche. So, because, yeah, everybody uh, have, uh, drink cafe con leche. Nobody from, like, from the other generation have an issue with milk. So everybody will get cow milk and just, because they don't see coffee separated from milk. And also sugar. Very interesting. Yeah, Very interesting. To have it, to, and they, when, when there's some, somebody new that comes to the shop or they were trying to get a coffee and they're not used to switch the coffee, they would order the cafe con leche. And when they, when you um, give them the, the cup, oh, this is your coffee. They say, oh, do you put sugar? They say, why would I put sugar? I don't know you. I'm not seeing you. It's my first time seeing you. I don't know how many sugars you put in your coffee. Because if you go to a tradition cafeteria, they do the same thing. It's just drink it like that. And so people, when they start to come like as a regular, they notice that this is different. But we don't try them like, oh, you don't know about coffee. Go to other place. No, this is the way that we do it in here. And you're welcome to, to I don't know, Lynn, I'm going to try to find a way to make it um, good for you. That's super interesting. I think there's a misconception, and you know, usually people think of uh, South and Central America as countries where it's just you know a lot of black coffee. So you know that, no. that's proving to be wrong. There no, you go. Also in, in, if you go to Dominican Republic, also it's the same thing. Also, if you go to Cuba, in Cuba they don't put milk; they just put they use a lot of sugar. If you talk to a Cuban, they're gonna say that they have the strongest coffee ever. But it's just an espresso or a coladita with a lot of sugar. It's more sugar than coffee. So they, they, wow. they should not brag about that. <laughs> I don't want to get it. Uh, and um, Abner, thank you very much. We kind of reached in the tail end of the, uh, of the episode. And I'm super grateful that you made your time and your business schedule here. Um, just the last couple of questions, a little bit bigger ones. Um, what's your coffee mission? And what's next for you? My coffee mission is to try to help the coffee industry in Puerto Rico. 
even if I'm in here in Puerto Rico for forever, or if I go live in another place, I'm gonna try to to not just I'm not I don't want to say that I'm gonna be the savior of Puerto Rican coffee or whatever. I just want to help, you know. I just want to, you know, obviously have my business and make it uh, last forever. Uh, or, but I just want to help the coffee industry in Puerto Rico. And what was your other question? What's um, what's what's next? What's next for you? Um, for as in all, on your planets, uh, with, with you know, with with coffee and what's. Next on the agenda. You know, the pandemic changed a lot of, you know, of, of plans. But we were thinking about opening other shops, but we don't know yet where to open them, if in Puerto Rico or outside. But I want to have more Café Comunions. And I would like to, like to be uh, certified as a trainer for the SEA. Carla is doing that on sensory so she's been certified when she when she ends then i'm gonna try to be certified as a barista because we, we would like to open a school a coffee school in puerto rico because we as teachers we have also a passion for teaching so we see them ourselves um having more communions and also having a school so the teaching element is still present. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And just a quick one uh, to wrap it up. Um, obviously now the economy and the tourism is highly impacted by you know, bands and you know, people are not allowed to travel that much. But, um, how nice is to see sometimes, I'm assuming, I'm asking, uh, tourists coming and visiting your shop and feeling familiar with your offering and with your shop and how nice is for you that you're able maybe to interact and having different conversations around coffee that you may not be able to have, like you were saying, because, you know, uh, you know, there's some locals who still, you know, just drink their coffee the way they want to drink it. So how nice is for you that's with, with the tourist uh, element in the coffee shop? You, you say tourists? Yeah, with tourists, yeah. Uh, tourists, we, there's a lot of um, coffee involve tourists coming to our shop and somebody said that they don't hear me that do you hear me or i hear you fantastically okay, okay, okay cool so it has helped us to be on sprash on barista magazine because there's a lot of people that come to our shop and say i just came to puerto rico and i google and i went or i went to sprash and you guys are in there so more um there's a lot of coffee um, connoisseurs or whatever. Connoisseurs, yeah. Yeah, coming to Puerto Rico. So it makes me happy because they, they, they ask you the right questions and they are happy to have, to find a place to drink good coffee in Puerto Rico. And then I tell them, go, okay, go to other places because there is also a good coffee community in Puerto Rico. And there's a lot of great baristas and they, I know that we, I think they feel better in, in drinking coffee in Puerto Rico than whenever they, they come from. So right now we are we have we are seeing more people like more tourists coming to the island because we have a lack of them because we nobody was traveling and it was good for us, you know, because to to contain the 
the COVID. But it makes me happy to see people from the States and also from Europe and Latin America coming to to our shop and specifically coming to, to see us, to come in to meet us. And it's really great. Yeah. Look, if, if I ever able to travel again and if I'm able to come to Puerto Rico, you'll be my first stop for sure, my friend. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been super nice to meet you and having a chat with you. And uh, yeah, I hope that we can share a cafecito soon, one day, in Melbourne, in Europe, in Puerto Rico, yeah. anywhere in the, in the world. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for your time. And I really, really appreciate it, man. And thank you for your patience. You know, English is not my first language, so... You were an English teacher, so it made sense. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but you have a, a different accent. But thank you for inviting me and for giving a Puerto Rican the opportunity to, to talk to the world about us, because a lot of people don't know that we, uh, we have coffee in Puerto Rico. We grow, we grow coffee in Puerto Rico. And they, they, when they talk about United States, coffee they don't they don't mention us and then when they talk about latin american coffee they don't mention us so it's like we are in the middle of this political situation that people forget about us and people like you that um, give us a, a, a time to and a place to express ourselves uh, make us very grateful now thank you for sharing i think it's super i think everyone has a story so regardless of what industry we are in um, and I wish that I could you know interview every single person living in the world but that's yeah, yeah. pretty much impossible <laughs> uh, that would mean you know seven billion episodes instead of just you know 88 <laughs> um, but I think it's important that we just sit down and listen to everyone's stories because your story is really really inspiring but not just for me but it's also inspiring for some of your neighbor countries or someone who lives in your country and uh, it just puts things perspective and again i think it's just a, a reason to get together in, you know like a, like a you know podcast communion um communion in, in the sense of listening respecting appreciating and creating a space where people can you know really have a good good vibes and just living with like one thing to think about, let's say just one, or to add value to them. So in this case, so many, you know, you went from teaching to coffee, but now you want to teach coffee. Uh, yeah. You went all the way competing, you have multi so many elements. And yeah, I really appreciate your story. And uh, it, it, was, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, I you. think the best way, to, best way to close is that uh, Jesus Manuel saying, Carla, is the Puerto Rican coffee queen. There you go. So. <laughs> Saludos a todos. A Jesús, a Edgar, a Ana. Saludos. Ok. Yeah. Muchas gracias. Cuídate. Hasta luego. Bye. Y nos vemos. Bye. Chao. Gracias. Chao.